0: In our studies in Proverbs, this is our final class, and this is the 30th lesson in the series. We are in chapter 31, Proverbs chapter 31, verses 10 through 31. We'll cover these verses, I'll have a brief wrap up of our studies in Proverbs, and then I'll have an announcement about what's ahead. So have your Bible open to Proverbs 31, verses 10 through 31. It may be, this is one of the most familiar passages in Proverbs. At a funeral of a godly woman, you often hear this passage read as a tribute to God for equipping good women with these skills and traits of character. This is a woman who fears the Lord an excellent wife, who can find. She is far more precious than jewels. The heart of her husband trusts in her, and he will have no lack of gain. She does him good and not harm all the days of her life. She seeks wool and flax and works with willing hands. She is like the ships of a merchant. She brings her food from afar. She rises while it is yet night and provides food for her household and portions for her maidens. She considers a field and buys it. With the fruit of her hands, she plants a vineyard. She dresses herself with strength and makes her arms strong. She perceives that her merchandise is profitable Her lamp does not go out at night. She puts her hands to the distaff, and her hands hold the spindle. She opens her hand to the poor. She reaches out her hands to the needy. She is not afraid of snow for her household, for all her household are clothed in scarlet. She makes bed coverings for herself, Her clothing is fine linen and purple. Her husband is known in the gates where he sits among the elders of the land. She makes linen garments and sells them. She delivers sashes to the merchant. Strength and dignity are her clothing, and she laughs at the time to come. She opens her mouth with wisdom, and the teaching of kindness is on her tongue. She looks well to the ways of her household and does not eat the bread of idleness. Her children rise up and call her blessed. Her husband also, and he praises her. Many women have done excellently, but you surpass them all. Charm is deceitful. Beauty is vain, but a woman who fears the Lord is to be praised. Give her of the fruit of her hands, and let her works praise her in the gates. I think there can be little doubt. Throughout history, there are many instances well-documented of women who were not treated right, who suffered degradation and enslavement against their will and against God's will. Women have been beaten and used for lustful and hateful purposes by evil men. Foolish and ungodly men have held women down. Bigoted people have regarded them as inferior. In contrast, this is one of many instances in Scripture where God elevates women to their rightful place of dignity, usefulness, excellence. And without these women, where would we be? Where would children be? Where would men be? Without the very presence of women who fear the Lord. This is excellence in the highest biblical sense. A woman who fears the Lord. An excellent wife. And this begins with an observation of her rarity. An excellent wife who can find. And then the comparison, she is far more precious than jewels. Rare and precious. This is the excellence of a woman who fears the Lord. If young unmarried men are listening to this, when you think of marriage, this is the kind of woman you're looking for. She may not be popular. She may be very hard to find. She may not fit all the imposed and sometimes exaggerated traits of physical beauty, but this is the kind of woman you need. You can trust her. She will do you good and not harm. She works hard. She cares. Her children honor her and God is to be praised for her existence. This is written in poetic form to a Hebrew audience originally, but that doesn't detract at all from the clarity and value of this classic description of a godly woman. I want to make four observations about the woman described here. Number one, she is busy. The book of Proverbs isn't friendly or favorable at all toward laziness. We've read and studied several passages from this book with vivid descriptions of laziness, condemned in very strong terms. Well, this woman exhibits the opposite. Industry, long hours, hard work, yet without neglecting people. In fact, serving people and keeping herself occupied and happy. In marriages where one spouse just sits around, conflict is quick to arise. In a family where one person seems to do all the work, it is hard to find peace. This godly woman is busy, hard working, long hours, but excellent results. True virtue will always include hard work. She is a provider. She takes care of her family, her husband and family. A predicted snowstorm doesn't alarm her. She has thought of that possible danger. She has planned for it well. Food, warmth, financial security. She hasn't missed anything she is capable of for the welfare of her family. She is a protector. She protects her household. She protects people who are in need outside her household garments and food and safety she have all, she has all this in her mind and takes action to the full extent of her ability she opens her mouth with wisdom there are women who are good at some of these other tasks but they are engaged in gossip their tongue or keyboard is applied to foolish and immature conversations this woman opens her mouth with wisdom and kindness. The teaching of kindness is on her tongue. The central point of her character, her frame of mind from which her character derives, she fears the Lord. Everything here is connected to that. If she is industrious, if she enriches her husband, provides for her children, stretches out her hands for the poor, if she is deserving of praise, it is because she fears the Lord. So I say again to young men who are unmarried, find this kind of woman. There's nothing wrong with being physically attractive, academically high rated, and popular, but where is the emphasis here? This woman is an excellent wife. Look at the words, household, wife, husband, children, young, unmarried man, this is who you're looking for. To young women who want a life ahead that is excellent and worthy, start by respecting God and then follow through with all the behavior that respect can generate for you and your family and for the glory and praise of God. I have a final word. We live in a time of gender confusion. Males claim to be females. Females claim to be males. And some claim they are neutral or both in spite of the obvious. The Bible contains nothing to encourage or advocate any gender confusion. I read this and filed this away many years ago, written by a gospel preacher, Paul Earnhardt. I want to share this with you. Men and women are one and equal in their relationship to God and to the rest of creation. They are joint heirs of God's eternal purpose called to the same glorious destiny. But if their ultimate nature and destiny are the same, and much that they are to be in life is identical, there is an essential dissimilarity in the sexes that is not cultural, but real. They were made to be complementary parts of a remarkable whole. By this reality, the wonder of marriage is made possible. There is one glory of the man and another glory of the woman. Woman was the grand climax of God's creative tour de force. For the man, she was the absolute marvel of the created universe because she answered perfectly to the emptiness inside of him. Genesis two twenty-three and 24. No light in the heavens shone so brightly in this world as she did. Mountains and forests and seas paled beside her. The woman was made for the man to be his helper and companion in the great adventure to which God had called both of them. She was to be the crown of her husband's head. Proverbs 12 and verse 4. Well written indeed by Paul Earnhardt. So now it is time to wrap up our studies in Proverbs. We've been looking at what might be called God's text messages. I picked up that phrase from Mike Wilson's book on Proverbs Sometimes going through Proverbs, we encounter an observation that reminds us of something we need to simply remember and be aware of. There are pointed warnings, clever images of foolish behavior, prohibitions, encouragements to pause and ponder before we react, descriptions of good men and bad men, good women and bad women. All of this based on an attitude that ought to carry us through life, the fear of the Lord. That's the beginning of wisdom. And I hope in these studies we have served to remind you and admonish you and encourage you in the right ways of the Lord. My next step in Bible study will be in Philippians. I hope you'll be with me for that. Thank you for listening and for your encouraging comments.